1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks. On the other side of the speaker, I appreciate you tuning in. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about quarterback bullshit. Very specific choice of words. We'll get to it. And position and or players to watch against the Broncos. The Broncos game by the way, is on Saturday. Do not forget that the Broncos game is on Saturday. It is not on Sunday. I am hopping onto the 49ers website right now to make sure I get you the correct time. 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it is a Saturday evening game. And telling you this right now reminds me of an age-old story that I've told a few times on the pod, but I'm going to tell it again because you never know when we've got a new listener. You know, just one, not new listeners, a new listener. One person steps in, hears the conversation, decides to stick around. Let's rehash this story for that person. Let's not be rude. Let's include them. Okay. I was a member of a 49ers fan group at one point. It was, I don't know, 2016, let's say 2015, somewhere in there, 14. I, I believe it was during the Harbaugh era. So let's go 2013. Why not? The 49ers played, let's just say the Rams, on Thursday night. I do actually believe it was the Rams on Thursday night. Great game, 49ers won. On this fan group, on Sunday... And like, I don't know, 945. This person posts a picture of like their whole 49ers setup, like a chair that was obviously like the chair for this family, the game chair, if you will. There was 49ers stuff all over the place, 49ers cups, drinks, koozies, table mat, you know, this, this living room slash chair area was just totally decked out and on that Post, he writes, got everything set up, all ready for the game, let's go Niners. And the first comment by yours truly was, the game's on Thursday. The game was on Thursday, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I just remember, like, I mean, I screenshotted it, looked, went back and looked at it for years, just because it was, it was just hilarious. The comments were exactly what you'd expect them to be. I mean, mine, telling him that the game was on Thursday, was the the easiest anybody took it on him. You know, it was, it was something else. It was uh, a sight to behold. I wish I could find it. At one point, I used to own the screenshot. I titled the screenshot, like, the greatest screenshot of all time, so it was kind of easy to find. But I want to say that was on my old laptop that doesn't even work anymore. You know, I know that I actually have a drive, like an external drive with everything that was on that laptop. Maybe it's in there. At one point, I've got to dig it back up because it was just something else. Just memories, memories, the greatest screenshot of all time. So my point being, don't get all your 49ers stuff all set up. I mean, even if you're doing that for a preseason game, that's fine. Don't get all that set up on Sunday. And then post in a random group or on Twitter for Christ's sakes. You could imagine how that would go. This was this was before like the bulk of Twitter. Like I believe I had a Twitter account at the time. But I wasn't really using it for 49ers stuff yet. Uh, I originally created Twitter just to be able to participate in like UFC things. Questions and all that stuff. So this was a while ago. So make sure that like, you know. The Broncos game is at 5 30 on quiz. Say it with me Saturday. All right. Only telling you guys this because I love you. All right. I want the best for you. I want to see you succeed. And I don't want you to post on Twitter on Sunday your whole setup ready for the game. Okay. Remember that. Now, time to take a darker turn to this quarterback bullshit. I'm hoping that our listeners here at Striking Gold are more intelligent than the vast majority of what I've been seeing on Twitter lately. I even really kind of hesitate to go on rants about things found on social media. Because in in the wise words of Dave Chappelle, I heard they drugged me on Twitter, but I didn't give a shit because Twitter's not a real place. So I'm hoping that my listeners are not like among this rabble, but inevitably, some of you guys just get carried away. You get a little emotional and you just got to come unhinged on somebody on X going to give it to you. Okay. It's just, you know what I'm talking about. This Unbearable at your throats mentality that's just been running rampant on social media about the 49ers quarterbacks. All of them, any of them, take your pick. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Hell, I'm sure even Brandon Allen is catching strays every now and then. But people will not shut the hell up about these quarterbacks. It's one of the most pathetic things I've seen. On 49ers Twitter slash X is since I've been actively participating in it. I mean, shit, we have quarterback interception rates percentages for training camp. I'm going to say that again, even a little slower, even though I said it slow the first time. We have quarterback interception rates for training camp. It's, it's gone too far. It's, it, it officially has gone too far. Training camp, also known as practice, is a place where players should, should, are encouraged to take risks. It should not always be perfect in training camp. You should be nervous if it's always perfect in training camp. It's not supposed to be that way. It's a practice. Players are encouraged to take risks. Find out what you're capable of. See how a defense reacts to this versus that. Even though you're going against the same damn defense every day, that already knows half the plays you're running. Not to mention the fact that in 49ers land, you're going against the same damn defense that is probably quite a bit better than any, let's just say, most of the defenses you're going to go against during the season in Brock Purdy's case. Yeah, the quarterback's going against the twos, whatever. But the amount of instability I've seen over Brock Purdy's consistent interceptions throughout practice is mind-bobbling. Bobbling. You could bobble it or you could boggle it, whichever one you choose. Players are supposed to take risks in training camp. They're supposed to figure out what they can and cannot pull off during the regular season in a non-consequential environment like practice. I don't even want to call it training camp anymore. I just want to call it practice because that's what the whole damn thing is for. You see a player that's tightly covered. Let me see if I can fit that ball in there. Nope, couldn't do it in the regular game. I'll probably need to see a little bit more space than that. Okay, these linebackers are five yards apart. I've got an in route coming over the middle. Can I fit it in between them before they have time to close on it? Either bat it down or pick it off. Yep, that worked. Okay, if I see something similar in the regular season, I know I can take it. Can I throw this out route at this angle rather than this angle? Can I put a little bit more loft on it rather than... Firing it in there more like a rope. Nope. Defense was able to get to that one. It gave them too much time. Okay. I won't do that one in the regular season. I've got to be more direct. This is the type of shit you're supposed to be able to focus on in practice without repercussions. And unfortunately, in this age of social media and constant coverage, we're acting like it's somehow a mistake. Yes, of course, we, we, you know, the world would love to have quarterbacks that never turned the ball over and completed every pass and never made a mistake. And every NFL game score was 99 to 115. I don't even think that math works out. I don't care. But that's not reality. And you want a quarterback that has put himself through his paces and has found his limitations in practice. Let's make that very clear. You want a player that has figured himself out during the practices and is not trying to figure himself out during the games. That's when problems happen. All of these quarterback interception rates from practice become absolutely meaningless the moment the ball is kicked off for week one. They don't matter anymore. And if anybody in their right mind wants to say, well, we knew this was coming because, you know, he threw this many practices, this many, excuse me, this many interceptions in practice and had a 3.7 interception rate. Like, no, that's, you're missing the point, man. And if, it if, and then there's the age old, you know, the thing Mick Crocker and I used to laugh about, yeah, a quarterback might be throwing an interception, but the defense is also getting one for every interception. You're, hearing about from Brock Purdy, who did not throw a lot of interceptions in the regular season, by the way. Every interception you're hearing about is also an interception for the defense, which could mean that we're about to see a defense prime for a lot of interceptions. Take whatever you want from it. But the fact that we are overreacting so intensely from practice interceptions is a complete waste of time and you're missing the point point on what a quarterback is supposed to do in practice. Okay. To make matters worse, we've got this massive portion of the fan base that has literally like attached their being their happiness to a backup quarterback. We're not even talking about Purdy or any specific quarterback. We're talking about backup quarterbacks in which a fan base has like political parties, Equally as stupid, this fan base has attached their 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 happiness to a backup quarterback competition. Every interception, every incompletion, every touchdown in training camp is somehow a win for their side. They literally sit in front of the TV during a preseason game, hoping the other quarterback finds a way to fold. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. like it, it's really weird. <laughs> I, uh, I can't even tell you. Sorry, I had something stuck on my tongue. I can't even tell you the weird shit I have to read on Twitter all the time anytime I mention either Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. A mere mention of them brings out all of these freaking mosquitoes that are just buzzing around your ears going, "Well, what about this? Well, what about this?" Well, maybe if they would have done this and it's 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 so bad. I don't know what to do about it, folks. I just know i, I just know that I hope you guys aren't one of them because it's it's the worst look ever. It's the pettiest shit I've ever seen on Twitter, and it's all in regards to what is essentially a backup quarterback competition. I mean, let me go to this Twitter exchange I had just to show this show this to you guys. All I wrote was, towards the beginning of the preseason game against the Raiders, I essentially wrote this porous offensive line is going to make it nearly impossible to analyze or evaluate the 49ers backup quarterbacks. I I basically said it'll be nearly impossible to evaluate the 49ers backup quarterbacks with the offensive line playing like this. I didn't even mention either one of them. I mentioned all three of them. And one of the comments I get is, so um, Sam Darnold being able to move the ball behind that line does not count. Got it. I didn't even mention Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. And I bas- my reply was, relax. This was tweeted long before Sam Darnold came into the game and adding in a little bit of sarcasm. Said this was taken tweeted long before Sam Darnold came into the game and led the offense up and down the field for touchdown after touchdown. Because he didn't. 49ers got no points under Sam Darnold. And I, that's not even my measure of success. I thought Sam Darnold was a little bit better than Trey Lance. But the fact that like he was used as some like well well Sam Darnold was able to do it like what? And then my reply was the trick is is not caring which quarterback does what. And that I guess is kind of what media should do doesn't always do. You know who I'm talking about. And you wish that some fans would be able to figure out like look, you don't have to bet your happiness on either one of these quarterbacks. You could just kind of chill and watch it play out. It ha- what happens happens. In the end Fanatic her fans stand is short for Fanatics, so I can't exactly expect the most reasoned responses when it comes to this stuff. But that's just your average reaction on Twitter that I slash all of you always have to read. I didn't even mention any quarterbacks names. And yet somehow I'm, 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 I'm sliding. I'm disrespecting the great Sam Darnold. And then we're getting into stuff. Have, you know, I don't even really want to touch on or shed any light on because it's just not to be taken seriously. You know, you've seen, Tweets saying that race is now a part of the equation. Trey Lance conspiracies, Trey Lance malpractice, mismanagement. I'll tell you one thing on that note, and this will be the end of my quarterback rant for now. Hopefully, it's not too much. One Trey Lance complaint that has never really flown with me. My computer keeps putting itself to sleep, and it's like making me hella nervous. I'm just sitting here staring at my little audio bar. And then all of a sudden, ding, my computer just turned up I'm like, nope. anyways, one Trey Lance complaint that's never really flown with me. And I'm not hyper passionate about this discussion. I'm sure there's aspects of it that I'm either underselling, undervaluing, not considering, but the idea that the 49ers have like mismanaged Trey Lance or robbed him of some sort of NFL future I've never been able to get there and I've seen it mentioned pretty often. And I, I just, I put together the sequence of events and the reasoning behind it in my head. And I've never been able to, is it like rock solid logic, perfect thinking the whole way through? No, I think there's points where there's little flaws here and there, but I've never been able to see a world where the 49ers somehow botched the way they handled Trey Lance. Once he got into the building, I've, I even I think I think I even heard Guy Haber mention it on the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. Uh, you know that he even mentioned that the 49ers mishandled the Trey Lance situation, and I'm and I'm looking at it. I'm like, where did they mishandle it? I mean, it, again, it, it wasn't all perfect. So I kind of went through the scenario because I'm thinking to myself, like, am I crazy? Why don't I think this too? Like I've heard this quite a few times, and obviously you start with. So let's walk through it. Let's walk through the Trey Lance's journey with the 49ers. Obviously, start, you start with the why. The 49ers replaced Jimmy Garoppolo for two main reasons. Jimmy Garoppolo got injured a lot, and his ceiling was like just not quite high enough. I know that, as silly as it is, I'm almost positive that Kyle Shanahan became committed to the idea of replacing Jimmy Garoppolo the moment he saw Josh Allen absolutely decimate his elite defense in every way, shape, or form. To see a quarterback like that with those athletic abilities annihilate your very capable defense in every way, shape, or form has to influence you. So that's like where I like to pretend that Kyle Shanahan officially became convinced that now there were plenty of Jimmy Garoppolo moments we had that may have convinced him before that, after that, whatever. But the two main reasons that they replaced Jimmy Garoppolo were his ceiling was just, it was either right where it ha- he had to play at an elite, elite level for himself and everything else had to be going perfect for the 49ers to get where they got. And I felt like I'm sure Kyle Shanahan felt like they needed just a little bit more. They needed a quarterback that gave them just a little bit more. That defenses would fear just a little bit more. Okay, so those are the main reasons they replaced Garoppolo. I mean, if you're when you go talk about injuries, Garoppolo was injured for more than half the seasons he was with the 49ers. I guess you can say for half. I mean, when you go, you don't really count two thousand seventeen because that was his introduction with the team. But I mean, it was hella cool. He came in, won five games. The team was horrible, and then he comes in, they win five games, and you're like, damn. Then in two thousand eighteen, he tore his ACL. Two thousand nineteen, he took the team to the Super Bowl. Two thousand twenty, he tore. He, he played six games. Two thousand twenty one, took the team to the NFC Championship game. Two thousand twenty two, he played ten games. So. You know, if you want to count 2017, sure. For half the seasons, Jimmy Garoppolo was with the 49ers. He missed a significant portion of games. You only got two full seasons from Jimmy Garoppolo uh, since 2017. Two. Two. And that's that's rough. So that's a huge reason why they needed to replace Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: So the 49ers were sitting 13th overall because of the DeForest Buckner trade. Right? No. What am I missing? Yeah, right. They they had that pick because of the DeForest Buckner trade, but that was for the, um, for some reason, I know they took Javon Kinlaw, but was that with the Buckner? I'd have to go back and look. I know that they were sitting wherever they were sitting. Because of the fact that, one, Jimmy Garoppolo had gotten hurt, their record didn't necessarily befit a team that was as good as they were because of the quarterback situation. So my point being, forget the semantics of how they had to pick. I'm confusing myself. You can hear it in my voice. The 49ers were never going to be picking that high, not at least not anytime soon. So when they were within reach, they said, look, we can stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and ride it out or do we want to take this risk and go up while we're within reach and get a quarterback that could possibly change the organization. And they shot they they shot they shoot they shot their shot. <laughs> okay? And obviously we know that that hasn't worked out. But at the time made sense. I remember Crocker and I talking about many times before they even made the trade. Look, if you're even thinking about a quarterback you're never going to be this close again, at least not for a while. Do it now. And they did. And they gave up a lot, but they did it. And they gave Trey Lance a year to de- develop behind Jimmy Garoppolo, which this is where probably there's some deviating thoughts. You could think, okay, well, if you did, if you knew Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't your guy, then part ways with him right there. And start Trey Lance as a rookie and let him take his lumps. Let him him take his lumps. He needs the reps. Instead, they elected to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on for another year and let Trey Lance serve as Jimmy Garoppolo's backup, which I never had a problem with. I've always felt, and I've said it so many times throughout the years, If you and I don't care where you draft the quarterback, if you've got the option of letting that quarterback sit behind someone else for any number, of for, for a year, so let's just say a season, then do it because it's only going to help them. There, There's no, you know, yes, it might delay things a little bit in terms of how quickly you see the magic that this quarterback's capable of, but, and I need to talk faster, I don't want to waste too much time on this. I've never had a problem. The fact the quarterback, the 49ers let Trey Lance sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for two reasons. One you're just learning how the NFL works, learning how much more adept NFL defenses are. And yes, this whole time Trey Lance needed reps, but at the same time, you're talking about a, uh, an investment that is meant to last, let's say a decade to 15 years. If it works out, if it doesn't work out, then none of it mattered. But you can't you don't if you don't have to rush into these things why why rush because you're hoping that things pan out in the long term so why rush Trey Lance got to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers probably knew in the back of their mind that if Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt which he has often then Trey Lance is going to come in anyways and he did Now he only played 2 games and they were okay You know, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It looked like a rookie playing football and a guy who hasn't played very many. You know, a lot of people forget the Trey Lance we are seeing right now in the preseason game that was not great has played one, two, three, four, five games in three years. No wonder Trey Lance doesn't look great. Looks a little hesitant. Looks a little frazzled. Yes, he's been on an NFL team for over two years, but the guy has just not played a lot of football. Anyways, I digress. They let him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He ended up playing anyways because Garoppolo got hurt for a little bit. And then, you know, had that first year. This is where a lot of think I think a lot of thoughts deviate. A lot of people probably think they should have just chopped Jimmy Garoppolo off right there and started Trey Lance. And that's a lot easier said than done when you have a team that is primed for postseason expectations. And Well, then you're like, well, if they're primed for postseason expectations, then why did they draft a quarterback? They did that because, again, they were within range, and they were likely never going to get that opportunity again. So they went for it. You know, but they just weren't in a hurry to start Trey Lance because that's a long-term investment. And he ended up playing anyways, and he was decent. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, they weren't planning on playing him anyways, but Trey Lance got hurt in his very first preseason game. Broke his finger, completely altered the way he threw the football. If, if if he would have started week one that season, what would that have looked like with a preseason injury that didn't actually fix itself until a, like over a year later? You know what I mean? He, he talked a lot about how much that broken finger affected him moving forward. So much so that he had to correct bad habits just so because he was compensating for an injured finger. So, he could find some way to throw the football. So, in the alternate reality where the 49ers let go of Jimmy Garoppolo and start Trey Lance in 2021, what would that have looked like with a broken finger? I don't know. You're kind of mixing realities, you know, Marvel multiverse stuff, but y'all know what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to like say my way's right and the other way's wrong. I'm just trying to say that the way the 49ers have handled it thus far just doesn't seem that crazy. They gave Lance a year to develop behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Then, you know, here's another sticking point. The 49ers wanted to trade Garoppolo. They wanted to get rid of him. Nobody was taking him. And then they got Garoppolo to agree to a reduced deal to be Lance's backup. A deal that 31 other teams would have agreed to. You mean I can have two good quarterbacks instead of one? And one of them that's got a pretty proven resume, has experience on the team, is willing to take a massive pay cut just to be the backup? Sign me up. Yeah, I I don't... Whatever uncomfortableness or whatever you feel like that gave Lance because, oh, well, they're not fully going with me because Garoppolo's staying here, that's bullshit. A quarterback faces pressure that would make any normal man crumble. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was still there, if that was what hurt him, then it was never going to work because the things and the situations and the pressure he's going to encounter is going to make the pressure created by Garoppolo still being in the building pale in comparison. The 49ers kept Garoppolo because they got a weird opportunity to, and ended up saving their season in a way. And it's just, if that was the reason Trey Lance struggled, and, and here's the funny part when it, when it comes to that point, people want to talk about the fact that they kept Garoppolo. Where did those struggles that, Trey Lance's struggles, because Garoppolo was maintained on the roster, where did they manifest themselves? Because that season, we saw him play in a monsoon, and then he broke his ankle. So there were no struggles evident of the 2022 Trey Lance with Garoppolo as the backup that were caused by the fact that Garoppolo was still there. It's just silly to me that somebody would say, oh, well, you know, that played with Trey's confidence. Oh, if that's playing with Trey's confidence, then he has no business being here because that's just – gonna pale in comparison to everything else he's gonna face so anyways i don't care that they gave trey lance a season to get used to the nfl life even though he needed reps remember think long term if trey lance works out he's gonna get plenty of reps either way where the real you know where the real problem arose Was in 2022, he was the guy, all training camp. I watched every single practice we were allowed to watch with him. He looked like the guy. Was he perfect? No, no 49ers quarterback really is in training camp, especially against this defense. But he was the man all training camp. He came in. Playing with an injured knee. When did that happen? No, that was I mean, that was at the end of the last season. That was in the past, but even Lance said that affected him for quite a while. I don't want to muddy the waters any more than I already have. You only saw 1.2 games out of Lance, guys. Like the year that was going to be his, where he was supposed to play all of 2022, that was, he was the man. You saw like 1.2 games. That is where everything fell apart. He got hurt. It's shitty luck. Argue about whether or not you think Kyle Shanahan should have been running Lance between the tackles. Sure. Just don't look at his college stats and what he was good at. Yeah, I know this is the NFL. But if Lance was going, I mean, look at Justin Fields. like that. They're not the same runners, but Trey Lance ran a lot in college. He looked comfortable with it. In the NFL, he hasn't looked as comfortable. Maybe that's because everybody's coming at him in twice the speed and they're twice as big. But that's another story. Trey Lance got hurt, and that is where things fall apart. Broken ankle, two surgeries, missed the entire season. It's 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 the sad truth. He's had some shit luck, but like allowing him to spend a season buying Garoppolo. Allowing him to be the starter in front of Garoppolo. I I don't see that as holding back Trey's career. The year that was going to the beginning of whatever the Trey Lance era was going to be was the beginning of last season, and he broke his ankle. And his shit luck got even worse when mystery Relevant stepped in after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt again and just happened to light it up. Sure, the 49ers got lucky that that happened, but in terms of Trey Lance, that is shit luck. Imagine sitting there thinking, okay, it was my season, I broke my ankle, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, plays well, but he's on the way out anyways, so that doesn't really hurt me. I could come back in next season and and give it another shot, and then this guy, Brock Purdy, walks out there and just lights it up, plays as good as any quarterback in the NFL depending on the stat you're looking at, he played really well. And that is just shit luck for Trey Lance. And there's a part of me that feels really bad for the guy, but in the end things, that's how the NFL's work works. That's how the NFL works. And we've seen it so many times. A good player gets hurt and a better one comes in. And I, we don't even know if rock purdy's better than Trey Lance. We really don't. We just haven't seen either of them enough, especially Trey Lance. You know, and Trey Lance did not look good against the Raiders in the preseason, but that doesn't define him. It, we just, you know, it's just shit luck. Will he ever another get an opportunity with the 49ers? We'll see. Will he even be on the 49ers roster, Lance, at the start of the season? We'll see. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it's just, I don't get the impression that Trey Lance was somehow mismanaged during that Time frame that we just covered, I just get the impression that Trey Lance had some really, really shitty luck. And it is what it is. And, you know, it's if you want to blame somebody, you know, LaShawn McCoy was making the point blame the 49ers for drafting a guy that just hasn't been able to gra- take, grasp the concept and hasn't. But even then, how far can you lean into that knowing that Lance has started five games in three years? In, in the year that was supposed to be his, and there has been quotes from members within the 49ers building saying that they expected Lance to do everything that Brock Purdy did. Would he have? We don't know. We just don't know. But that was a quote that came from the 49ers organization. And, you know, you can, you, you, you can rest on your disdain for maybe you're, you're not a Trey Lance guy. You know, and maybe you're sitting there going, I ah, sucks. Doesn't matter. You know, move on. This is the NFL. It doesn't matter. It's cutthroat, man. You know, whatever. Sink or swim. Or you can just realize that right when the, the Trey Lance saga was about to get really interesting, he broke his ankle and it changed everything. And the fact that a, a seventh round quarterback could come in and just. Sh- shake the entire house down to its foundation is just added interest to the story. I've talked about this topic for about 14 minutes longer than I wanted to, but I mean, hopefully it wasn't a horrible listen. I'm not done. I want to briefly talk about some of the things I'm going to be looking at during the Broncos game. Some of the things I'm going to be keeping an eye on, but those are my thoughts on the, on the, the the weirdness the weird vibes people get caught up in when it comes to 49ers quarterbacks and practice interceptions. And also kind of like the Trey Lance story on how I kind of just think it unfolded how it unfolded. And there's not a ton of people to blame. You can kind of walk one way or another. You know, do you want to blame the 49ers for possibly being wrong on their scouting? Do you want to blame Kyle Shanahan for running Trey Lance down the middle or not starting him right away? Do you want to blame Trey Lance for something Do you want to blame Jimmy Garofalo? Do you now want to blame Sam Darnold? I don't care who you want to blame. It's just this. It was a, it's a weird story and it's not done yet. We don't know where this Trey Lance story is going to go, but the idea that the 49ers somehow are like in a, in a, in a way of like what they did with Trey Lance when he got in the building is somehow like, they did this to him. It's just a little weird for me. They said, you know, they gave up a lot of draft capital for Lance and whether that was the right move or not. I feel like we're finding that out now, but it wasn't like they just wanted to sabotage the guy that they invested a lot in. I just feel like it went wrong at the absolute worst time. I guess the best way to say it. All right, let's move on. I appreciate you guys for listening to that. Hopefully it was worth listening um, obviously, when it comes to the Broncos game, we're gonna be watching the quarterbacks. Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's gonna start this game. Doesn't seem like he likely Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area reported that it just didn't seem likely that Brock Purdy was even going to play in this game. Um sounds like he's gonna do the third preseason game. If any, I don't know how comfortable the 49ers are are not letting him play any preseason reps, but um he's unsure about Kyle Shanahan's unsure about which quarterback's coming in and what order. Um, he's unclear if which, if any of the starters are going to start, I don't know if he's doing that for some sort of a competitive advantage or he just really doesn't know. Um, we don't know which quarterbacks are necessarily playing in which order I'm assuming it's going to go Sam Darnold. First half Trey Lance, second half Brandon Allen, a little bit at the end, but if there was a time when Kyle Shanahan felt like he didn't have to give Allen any reps, It was because he was gone for a few days this week at the birth of his child. Not that it's punishment, but, you know, if you've kind of missed a portion of the week of practice, maybe he's not going to feel too comfortable throwing him out there. And maybe he's going to let Darnold get the first half, Allen gets the second half. Who knows? So we're obviously going to be looking at how those quarterbacks perform. Um, If Trey Lance does get back out there, uh, you'd like to see him just be a little bit more aggressive, like just be a little bit uh, quicker with his decisions, be a little bit more confident with the ball. Uh, worry less about a completion, worry less about an interception and just rip that thing. Trey Lance has got a plus strength arm. Just rip that thing, man. Like if it, if it it goes incomplete, whatever, just freaking see it and go Kyle Shanahan setting you up, make those first two reads and bam, fire that thing in there. You know, he, he just seems like he's, he's a little gun shy right now. He's a little nervous. And he knows that everything <laughs> with every, every something is riding on every rep for Lance and Darnold at this point. Uh, another battle I'm looking at is the uh, nickel outside cornerback at battle. You know, something that was kind of unexpected is we we're pretty set on the idea that it was Charvarius Ward on one side, Amador Lenore on the other, and probably Isaiah Oliver in the middle, the guy, the, their free agent acquisition from the offseason. But now we're starting to see this. This shuffle pickup, this battle that Steve Wilkes has talked about between, um, you know, I've got all their names written here. I just want to make sure I'm actually pairing up the right first names to the right last names. You've got Deshaun Jameson, the undrafted free agent out of Texas that has some return ability and has looked pretty good on the field. He gave up a few catches, but they weren't for much. You've still got Isaiah Oliver, who's looked a little inconsistent, so... His, his job is not as safe as we, we initially kind of thought it was. You've also got Avery Thomas. It's his third year with the team. Uh, a third-round pick out of Michigan. He's looked solid. He's looked like a part of the team. Uh, not a part of the team, a part of that competition. You've got Sam Womack, his second year with the team. And you've got Diamonour Lenore. And, and Steve Wilkes made it clear that these guys are, are not set on the outside or the inside. He's moving them around. It seems like the only corner that is set for the 49ers is Ward. And so you've got this rotation between Lenore, Womack, Thomas, Jameson. Uh, you know, like, who knows which way this is going to unfold. The fact that Steve Wilkes was willing to take uh, Lenore and move him inside after he was pretty solid to close out the season on the outside. And, and so it, it's obvious that... Nothing is quite set with that group. And it doesn't mean that the 49ers are in bad shape. They're just truly letting this competition play out, which is exciting. So keep an eye on those corners. Keep an eye on, on Deshaun Jameson also returning um, with Ray River McLeod out for the next couple months. Keep an eye on Ambry Thomas. Keep an eye on Sam Womack. Keep an eye on Diamandor Lenore and see who's making plays. You've even got A.J. Parker back there um, that has been – so This there's a little – uncertainty at the defensive back spot that uh, I'm interested to see play out. So keep an eye on that. Obviously based on what we saw last week, we're really going to be looking at the offensive line. And like all of them, you know, you've got Joey Shepard or excuse me, Joey Fisher out of Shepard. He's a rookie undrafted free agent, an interesting guy that coach had a few things to say about him. Basically that he's still learning, but he's shown some things, you know, he's, Fresh to the position. He's still learning. Um, I think his name, I think he pronounced his name Ilm Manning out of Hawaii, another rookie, real undersized guy, 6'2, 294, with the, the prototypical guy that say, oh, he's gonna be a guard, if anything. Um, but he's maintained that he's still playing tackle. Chris Forrester, the offensive line coach, was kind of singing his phrases, saying, you know, he's quick and he can move. And despite his physical limitations, he's been able to hang at tackles. So we're kind of just leaving him there to see where it goes, you know, and you've got other guys like Jason Poe, Jalen Moore, uh, Leroy Watson, Matt Pryor, uh, Nick Zakel. It's there's, there's all these guys that have been added to the group that are getting their shot in the preseason. But if there's anything we're all sure of is after that Raiders Raiders game, is that wait I almost said waiters, that the offensive line was, not encouraging. Now, again, all of the starters were out from the left to the right side. But somebody's got to sow some something from that group in order to one, you know, make the roster and two, give the 49ers any confidence in that group behind the starters. You know, I, and I even think the starters aren't even entrenched enough to where you're like totally, you feel totally safe about them. Colton McKibbitts taking over from Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. Yeah, he's the guy, but he's the guy for now, and he's not above reproach when it comes to struggles. So the 49ers are looking for guys behind the starters that could possibly be there if any one of these guys goes down with an injury or just isn't playing up to snuff. So to me, any offensive lineman you see, unless they allow the starters to come in, which uh, I don't know. But essentially, any offensive lineman you see that's not a starter is kind of like a player to watch for me because we're going to be looking for somebody that seems like they can take some sort of a foothold as a, whether it's a swing tackle, or just a primary backup along the interior, anything in there that could just be a little bit encouraging. And it's hard to watch offensive line. One, it's hard to even know what you're looking at, and it's hard to know who you're looking at, and it's, it's just tough. But and, and the other saddest thing is that when do offensive linemen get mentioned on the broadcast? The only time they do is when they <laughs> do something wrong. So you're just never hearing about them. It's hard to identify. But I'm going to try and keep a close eye on the offensive line because I just want to see if anybody behind the starters can give the 49ers any sort of confidence. Because after that Raiders game, it can't be that high. Somebody needs to stand out. Another thing I was looking at is is where are the pass rushers? You know, a lot of them didn't play. You know, at least the primary ones. But there's got to be somebody finding a way to stand out in a preseason setting. Especially with the likes of Nick Bosa, still in contract negotiations. Drake Jackson didn't play. You know, you'd like... Javon Kinlaw was out there, but he didn't really stand out whatsoever. And the one time he got mentioned on the broadcast, it was for doing a pass rush move on a run play, and they ran right past his gap. You know, somebody's got to stand out in terms of this pass rush because last week against the Raiders, I think they had one sack, and that was Cleveland Farrell, the former number four overall pick. Like, if there's one guy that's going to get a sack, we expect that. You know, Chris Kassurek got his hands on him, did some molding, did some reshaping, and then he goes out there and gets a sack in his first game as a 49er. So that doesn't surprise me at all. But is somebody else from this unit going to stand out? I'll take interior guys. I said, where is the pass rush? But, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback against the Raiders, and that's why their second, third stringers went off. Where's the pass rush? Somebody's got to be able to get some sacks. And we've seen it happen in practice. Alex Barrett, he's got the the, the ability to bounce in and out. He's a guy you expect to get a preseason sack or two. Austin Bryant, their free agent addition from the Detroit Lions. Uh, Robert Beal, their rookie fifth rounder out of Georgia. Taco Charlton, former first rounder from the Cowboys. He's actually, I've seen his name mentioned more than once in terms of what he's doing at practice. Kevin Givens, a guy with quite a bit of experience now. You'd expect more from, you'd expect to see him in, in a preseason setting kind of going wild. I don't know what they're going to give hey, Kerry Hyder, you know, and then you got the other guys that are, and I'm not mentioning that are more starters, but I want to see some pass rush. I want to see some defensive linemen finding a way to stand out while Nick Bosa's gone. Not that he'd be in the game anyways at a preseason, but somebody's got to get some damn pass rush on the field. So I'm watching pass rushers. There seems to be a decent competition at linebacker. I mean, let's look at the position. Let's look at it. The absolute locks. Just looking at the group. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Are those your absolute locks? Is Demetrius Flanagan fouls lock? Oh, no. Marcelino McCrary ball. I know they like what they're seeing from him, but is he a lock? Don't think so. So you've got a lot of competition at this spot behind Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Jalen Graham, the seventh rounder out of Purdue. Looked pretty good against the Raiders. Look for him to make some more noise. Him making some more noise would be encouraging at this point. Oren Burks is out. He injured himself in that practice collision with Devontae Adams. So you've got this interesting dynamic with Demetrius flanagan Fouls, Jalen Graham, Marcelino McCrary-Ball, D. Winters, fifth rounder out of TCU, sixth rounder. One of the two. There is an opportunity here for a player to get into the mix for a couple linebackers to emerge. My eye kind of tends to wander towards D. Winners and Jalen Graham, but I know they've seen things from McQuarrie Ball that they really like. How many linebackers are they going to keep? They're going to keep four. They're going to keep five. Are we talking about three openings or two openings? There is at this point right now there is more roster competition than I was expecting to see, or at least more availability. So there's plenty to watch. This is what makes preseason interesting to me is seeing which one of these guys make the one or two plays that could define their NFL future and get them onto the regular season roster. So a lot of competition at linebacker. Last but certainly not least, you've got Jake Moody versus himself. 49ers third-round kicker Jake Moody missed two field goals in his preseason debut. One from like 47 and the other from like 59, right? I've got my last episode on here. Let me see. Jake Moody misses. Shanks the 40, pushes the 57. Okay. So we've got Jake Moody versus himself. Or, I mean, you could throw Zane Gonzalez in there if you want to, but it's really Jake Moody versus Jake Moody. Can he go out there and just do what he does? Pressure on an NFL kicker underperforming. Might mount faster than a quarterback that's underperforming because you're throwing out him the, the, oh, bro, you had one job. And, and, you know, that's, that's the life of the kicker. You had one job, bro, and that was to just kick that ball through those two yellow poles and you couldn't do it. So, you know, I, I would venture to say that pressure mounts on a kicker just as fast, if not faster than the quarterback. So, Let's see how Jake Moody does with a little bit of his own pressure on him. Did well throughout practice. I know he basically made all his kicks throughout the week, but like, but like one. He, he did well in practice, but that's practice. Let's see, uh, see how he does uh, against Denver in under the, the lights of Levi stadium. Will there be lights? I mean, if it starts at 530, there'll be lights towards the end. You know, the other problem with that, that I'm just now realizing I have a middle school evening practice. It starts at 630 and ends at 830. I'm going to have to like neglect it. (laughs) I just realized as I'm on here live with you that for the first time in basically my middle school football career, which is nine seasons and rolling, we're going to have an evening Saturday practice during the middle of the preseason game. Awesome. We'll see how I handle that. I might try and snake my way onto the (laughs) the bench or, or something. Try and figure out some way to drop it. Drop it. Watch it. All right. So that's 34 minutes on more quarterback bullshit. And then 16 minutes on the preseason game coming up. That's balanced. That's balanced, Rob. Well done. But, you know what, it's just reacting to the times. We'll be back on here after the preseason game. I don't know. Debating, am I going to want to I'll try and record right after the preseason game? Because I want, you know, I want it to be out the next morning. Whatever, even though that would be a Sunday. I may wait and give myself Sunday to watch the preseason game back. Ooh. The podcasting app just scared me. It told me it lost connection. Got it back, though. So, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to watch that preseason game and give you guys my actual thoughts. If I can't get that Saturday evening and still jump on and record a pod, we'll just, we'll see how quick I can watch it back. Um, Damn middle schoolers. Just kidding, I love them. All right, everybody. Speaking of love, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for being an integral part of the podcast. Thank you for showing your... Uh, love and support, which is just by being here and listening. Um, If you're feeling a little extra, jump on whatever app that you're listening to this podcast on and leave us a a positive review. If you're feeling that love, I'd appreciate it. But like I said, the ultimate form of support is you being here and listening. As always, all good things must come to an end. So for another week, for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out.